1: The balance of faith and works next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Both are to be in our lives as believers in Christ. In fact, both are evidences of our life in Christ. Yet, if you run a pendulum swing to one side of the other of faith and works, you find yourself out of balance and questioning whether or not you really are in the kingdom of God. So today, we'll take a look at the balance of faith and works. We would invite you to join us. We're in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. It's there that we would invite you to catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman as we take a look at the balance of faith and works. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now.
2: If I truly have been saved and I am his worksmanship, eventually I'm going to begin to do good what? Works in life. And good works, in a lot of ways we have to see, is a sign that truly... We're going to see this in James that my faith is complete. That my faith is complete. That I just don't have a believism, but my faith is really active and working because it's produced a lifestyle that, that that results in me doing good works. And we're going to define those as we go forward here. But this is important because this has to be settled in your mind. God was gracious towards me that he sent his son to die before I even knew him. I have released my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, have been willing to repent of my sins, invite him into my life, and as a result of that, now, boom, he puts me on the potter's wheel. I get on the potter's wheel, and now God begins to work on me because I am his workmanship. And then out of that, he begins to cause me to do good works. And I'm going to clearly define this for you when you go to James which are really just acts of obedience to God. Good works are really just acts of obedience to God. Okay? And we're going to see this in James. But we have to understand this as you're walking with God. He says in verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now watch this. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so I love this, and so this is telling me that me doing good works is just always been a part of the plan that I'm supposed to walk in these. Let me say this to you, saints. The word works in the church has gotten a bad rap because the people don't understand the balance of it. And we're going to balance it out in the book of James, but it's gotten a bad rap. It's got a bad rap. God ordained that you should walk in this is what he's doing so that you do good works, but now you're not doing it. Now, watch this, guys. From the outside in, you're doing it from the inside. See, the Pharisees, they were doing good works from the outside. Jesus looked at them and said, you guys are praying like that, but you just praying it to be seen. Amen. You guys are giving to the poor just so other people can see. You guys are giving an offering, and everybody sees how much you're giving. But this woman who just gave her little might, she gave more than you. Why? Because on the inside, you guys are are doing it wrong. What happens for a lot of individuals, that Christianity is just external. It's not internal. Well, Jesus gets us, and he settles us in a position where we realize that I am saved. I am walking with Christ. As a result of this, I'm going to do things that constitute good works in his sight. I'm not trying to do these things to earn his approval. I'm doing them because I already have his approval. Amen? And as a result of me having his approval, I can do, he's, he's causing me to do the things that are pleasing in his sight, and my faith and my works are working together as a, as a confirmation that I'm really, really walking with God. Well, we have to get this out of your mind. This is what God is asking you to do. He wants you to do great works. He said, he said, um, he tells us very clearly that he wants our light so sh- to so shine before men that they may see our good what? works and then glorify our Father in heaven. Say, wait a minute, look what God is doing through them. But their hearts are right. It's not an external thing. It's an internal thing that begins to pour out as a result of them being rightly positioned with God. Amen. Now, go to James, and we're going to look at this and uh, really dissect it. James chapter 2, verse 14 on down. This is awesome because let's just read this. It says in verse 14, "What what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not give him the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? He says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And then he gives two examples. He says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made what? And the Scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So You see, then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. I want to stop right there, because this is one of the things that's always baffled me. Because it's not a contradiction. What he's basically saying is is that faith, if it's just alone, because you can have faith or believe in something but not be willing to to respond. And this here is a perfect example um, of what true works is really all about. God came to Abraham and he says, I want you to offer up your son as a sacrifice. I want you to do it this way. I want you to go up this mountain, I want you to bring the logs, do all this stuff, and I want you to give me that son that I just gave you. Abraham turns around, and he simply just does what who asked him to do. He does what God asked him to do, and the Bible just turns around and says he was justified, and God calls that a good what? He just called it a good work. Your acts of obedience are good works in the sight of God. Now watch how powerful this is. Your acts of obedience are good works in the sight of God. Only thing Abraham did was he did what God asked him to do. And God in the Bible says, and let's look at it again. It says, was not Abraham our father justified, verse 21, when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made what? Perfect. This is, the, this is the point, because Abraham could sit back and say, I believe you, God. I believe you. I trust you. You're awesome. You're powerful. Woo! And then God said, okay, um, you really believe me? Yeah. You serious? Yeah. You see, I'm here. We got the baby. And God said, okay, now, can you go and then? Kill him? Well, ah, uh, the Bible says that Abraham believed so much that he had it in his mind that he knew because God had given him that baby. If he killed him, that God would raise him from the dead. But he didn't show God that he really believed him until he did what? Obey. And you and I don't show God we really believe Him until we're willing to do what He asks us to do. I have faith. God says, "Okay, you you have faith. You believe me now." And this is why I love the gospel. Do you know that God sends the word, he shares the word with you, and he says, okay, I want you to have faith, and then I want you to believe in my son, and I want you to repent. Do you know you getting saved is an act of what? Obedience to what you what? Hurt. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You hear, God tells you, Jesus Christ died. He came here. He's going to save you. He wants to deliver you. Repent, release your faith in him. And then if you say, oh, yeah, that's cool. But you don't repent, release your faith in him. Then what happened? You're showing God that you, 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 but when you do this, this is a good work in the sight of God. You're just simply doing what he's asking you to do. You got saved by doing a good work. Believing the message, repenting, turning forth, and releasing your faith in God. Just like he told you to do. (laughs) Well, this becomes a lifestyle. This becomes a way of living. Abraham believed God, but he believed God. He showed that he believed God by doing what God asked him to do. But then he doesn't stop there. Let's go on down to another one. This is good, too. Verse 25 says, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by her acts of obedience or works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So now he uses Rahab as an example. Rahab is a, mo- is a woman. As the children of Israel were coming in to destroy the city, um, they ended up finding themselves at her house, and she hid them from the soldiers who were coming to, to, to wipe them out because people had heard that the children of Israel were coming, and they're beating down every nation and every city in their path to do what God asked them to do. And so they hear. She hears. She gets them in the house. She's there, and she says, I've kept them. And they said, listen, when we come back, we want you to hang A scarlet or red ribbon out your window and we will not destroy you and your house. But you've got to do what we ask you to do. The ribbon officer, you guys know, speaks of the blood of Jesus Christ. They come, they leave. They come back to destroy the nation. When they come or the city, when she comes, when they come back, they see the ribbon there. They pass over her house. She's kept secure. But the only reason why she's kept secure is because she did what they would Asked her to do. It was an act of obedience that caused her life to be spared. Just an act of obedience. And so for us, we have to understand that when it comes to walking with God, um, you have nothing to prove because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of his grace, you have nothing to prove. You can't impress God. There's nothing that you can do to impress him. I don't care. There's nothing you can do to impress him in terms of, you know, earning your salvation. But what you can do is for all of us, and I want to just reiterate this, saints, become so secure in your walk with Christ that out of that place of being a the workmanship of Christ, that now springs out of you just acts of obedience, and it's simply just that, acts of obedience. Because let me say this to you. Some of us think that we can impress God because we go over to San Francisco and feed the poor. We go over to Africa and preach there. Or I go to Vietnam and sneak into the country and do that. Or we give to this person, or we do this, or we do that, or we, you know, if God's not asking you to do that, then you're actually being disobedient, and your works, they don't count. Lord, didn't we do many things in your name? We cast out demons. We healed the sick. We fed the poor. We do all these things. Lord, here we are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. What he's basically saying is that you were doing something good, but it wasn't something I even asked you to do. And sometimes our good works are an affront to what God's really asking us to do in life. And we have to be very, very watchful of this because we can do a good thing and it not be God for you. Can I have an amen, y'all? Sometimes God may be asking us, hey, listen, you've given, this, you given this, this person, you've given up a $100 already. They're coming back again. I want them to stop. So when they come to your house, don't give them nothing. Because this is what I'm saying. If you give that person something, when God is whispering in your ears, so they don't do it, what are you being? This is when, now watch this, saints, this is when we become and we can become enablers. Have you ever seen somebody on the side of the road, and you, 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 you're you there on the side of the road, and and people come up to the door, I'm hungry, man, you need to give me some food. He said, okay, let's drive right over here to the gas station and I'll buy you some food. No, no. I need the money. I had to happen. Now, God's telling you to do something that's different, but maybe God is trying to tell you, but you got to be sensitive because a lot of times we'll do things solely based on emotion or feeling or just being trying to be good, but it's not something that God's asking you to do. And we have to be sensitive that we're not pulled. Just emotionally. Jesus is, he's sitting at the pool of Bethesda. I mean, there's all kinds of hundreds of people sick, impotent. They can't move. Their limbs are busted up, all these things. Jesus gets there and all these sick people. And, you know, if it was me, I would have just healed everybody. Jesus looks and he sees one man. In the right, minister? healed. He saw all these people sick. And Jesus said, I'm just going to heal that person right there. He's under the inspiration of his father. He heals that person. He's not trying to be impressive. He's not trying to prove a point. He's not trying to earn any points. He's just trying to be obedient. And his obedience, boom, he just touches one person and he moves on. He didn't heal. A lot of times when we read the Scripture, we think he always healed everybody all the time. He didn't. He was led by his father in every situation. Well, it's the same thing for you. Rahab got her her freedom simply just from being obedient to the instruction that she received. And God turns around in James thousands of years later and says that that's a good work. And so for us, we have to find this healthy balance as we're walking with Christ so that we don't get moved emotionally, we don't get moved or pressured by society, but we're simply following the finger of God to do what he's asking us to do. And that's what constitutes a good work in the sight of God. It's just a simple act of obedience, saints. I want to simplify this for you. It's just an act of obedience to God. That's good works. And when we do that, now watch this. When we do that, um, it really becomes, and I want to say this right, it really becomes liberating, liberating for you. Because, saints, you're going to have family members that try to pressure you to do things. You may have friends that try to pressure you to do things. You may have, you got to do this. You got to, you need to take care. You need to, and sometimes God may be saying, no, I need to, I'm trying to discipline them, or I'm trying to deal with this, or I'm trying to shake this. There's going to be times even dealing with, you know, your kids or something. You got to tell your own kids. No, God said no. God is telling me to tell you no. You need to grow up. Can I have an amen? that is a good work. I've watched the church for years become a doormat because they think that, okay, I just got to just do what everybody says to do, and I'm just trying to be nice instead of saying, no, 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 I want to be obedient. And my obedience, God will reward me for. Amen? And so we have to stop and find this balance. He says also, let's go back up to verse 17. He says in verse 17, but someone will say, and I think this will help bring some even more clarity as we read it now, understanding that true works are just acts of obedience. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have acts of obedience. Show me your faith without your acts of obedience, and I will show you my faith by my acts of obedience. I'll show you my faith. Faith isn't just always talked about, preached about, prophesied about, declared, faith, true faith is seen, amen, by a person's willingness to be obedient. And for all of us, we've got to get this in our spirit. He says in verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. We got to get beyond just having a lifestyle where we believe in God, but we're not obedient to God. Demons do that, amen, amen. And then he says, he says, but do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead, it's lifeless, it's meaningless, it doesn't profit, it's just dead. There's no life, there's no substance. True faith is always accompanied by action. You have faith in that chair, you're gonna sit down in it, right? But if that thing had one one. One leg? What would you do? He said, I wouldn't sit in, I sat there, yeah. So you you can say, I believe that chair's gonna work, but you don't show that you believe that chair is gonna work till you sit in it. Amen. Yeah, I actually show. Saints tonight, I'm gonna let you guys get out of here, but I want I want to just say this. Maintain your balance. Maintain your balance in this. And I know it is. Because right now the church has given the word works a bad rap. But we need to understand this about walking with God. And what God may ask you to do, Daryl, or God may ask you to do, Carlene, it may, he may not ask you to do what Abraham did in sacrificing his son or whatever it is. But whatever God is asking you to do, when you do it, it constitutes you doing a good work in the sight of God. Okay? Not everything good is God for you. Amen? He may tell somebody in this room, give that somebody, give that person money. He may tell you, don't give that person any money. Tell them that they need to repent. Tell them I'm trying to draw them. They need to stop. Put the, the Marlboros down and, and give them a word from me. But what, that's, a, that's an act of obedience. God says, he smiles on that. Whatever it is God's asking you to do, that's what constitutes good works. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight. And I praise you, God, that God, liberate us from feeling like we have to earn your approval by just doing things. God, we have been approved, so as a result of that, we do the things that you ask us to do. We have been approved, so we do the things that you ask us to do, because we are your workmanship. Father, I pray that as people are, even in this room, that they're 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 trying to find the balance. God, help all of us find that balance. We want to show you that our faith is real by simply just being obedient to you, Father. You've opened the door by grace through faith. We've walked into the door. We're secure now. We show you we're secure by just being obedient to you. God, you put it in our hearts to do what's good. You put it in our minds to do what's good. You lead us into doing what's good. Help us to be yielded. Help us to get away from what society is trying to paint for us. Help us not to be emotional about doing things. There's so many things we can get involved in. There's so many things we can devote our time to, whether it's human trafficking whether it's um, serving in, in third world countries. Lord, we don't want to be driven to things emotionally. We want to be led by your spirit so that we would do good works. We don't want to stand before you one day and you say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, that because we had done a lot of stuff that was good, but it wasn't what you asked us to do. God, we want to be faithful what you're asking us to do, not moved by emotion or feeling, but just led by your spirit. And Father, I thank you that, that our faith is alive. It's active. It's real. It's perfect. It's complete. It's mature because it's accompanied by simple acts of obedience. We thank you, Lord. Continue to lead us as a ministry. Lead the people of God. And Lord, as we celebrate tomorrow, Thanksgiving, we're thankful for the opportunity that you gave us through Christ, Father, to serve you and to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit.